This podcast was produced by My Podcast Pal. For help with your podcast, check out mypodcastpal.com. Hello, folks. Your Canacast Canada team are back, this time with something pretty cool. We managed, somehow, to convince Harley, a.k.a. Instagram sensation Tweedledoob, to join us for a podcast to discuss cannabis from her perspective. This one was a lot of fun, and after chatting with her for almost an hour, it was pretty clear to us why she's so popular. So let's jump into this one and hang on, because it's a wild ride. All right, we're back with Canacast Canada episode. What episode, guys? Eight. Eight. And Eight great. Uh, it's been a full week since our last one. And today is a special edition because we have a special guest. Who's our guest, boys? Tweedledoo. Tweedledoob. All right. <laughs> AKA Marley. AKA all the way from Tweedle. where? Toronto? I do live in Toronto. I am originally from Edmonton, though. Oh, Edmonton. Nice. You're like mm-hmm. a homegirl then. In case you didn't know. All right. So uh, firstly, start off by telling us about yourself. Um, well, I moved to Toronto to go to the University of Toronto to study philosophy and Buddhism. And I've smoked weed for about 15 years or so. But once I moved to Toronto, I found like the actual cannabis community, which I didn't even know existed. Um, But they have these wonderful thing called uh, vapor lounges there. So you basically just like pay $5, bring your own weed and you can just like go smoke weed in a place and hang out. And uh, it kind of changed the game for me. I met so many people that smoke weed medical recreational everyone from like students to doctors and lawyers literally and i started working there i worked there for like at one of the lounges here for like four years while i went to university and that kind of got me on my path in the cannabis industry what's the name of the lounge so the lounge is called vape on the lake i stopped working there last july and unfortunately it closed in november but there are several other lounges still in toronto and popping up everywhere so what's the Toronto scene like now that we're uh, nearing legalization? Are they starting to shut these lounges down? Um, no. There's one lounge in the city called the Hotbox Cafe, and it's been open for like almost 20 years. Wow. They're trying to get them regulated. The city's sort of almost talked about it and then never really gone through with it. Um, we're still waiting to hear what the regulations will be like as far as lounges. There was actually like some new regulations came out today. I've heard a bit about it, but I haven't actually read it myself. So I don't know if there's anything about lounges, but I think they're going to be legal and regulated eventually. They have um, to be. They have to be. And I mean, even a year ago or so, I heard um, that Edmonton City Council was talking about regulating vapor lounges. And it only makes sense, right? Like the government's going to sell it and like you can have it, but you're just like not allowed to smoke it anywhere. Yeah, like yeah. it oh. doesn't sense, right? Exactly. All over Facebook and and people I've seen conversations and the, the, the community that doesn't smoke it have, have very openly said, I don't want to smell it. I don't want to, you know, that stink. I don't want designated don't want smoking me. areas in parks because I live in that park and I my dog and my kid, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So if you're going to legalize it, you're going to have a pot tourism. You need to have a place for these people to go and smoke it, right? Yeah. Me included. And like, I mean, they've said basically the only place you're allowed to smoke it is in your house. 
but like for a lot of people you can't smoke it in your house maybe you have kids or you rent somewhere that's yeah. strict or like if you live in like housing or apartments you're just not allowed i think if they don't regulate it kind of on their own there will be a case and it'll be a big fight and we will win that one and i think it's huge it's so important for people to like have somewhere to go and socialize like there's bars on every corner and it's like alcohol's okay and there's a time and place for it for sure but like it's so much more destructive to a neighborhood like a cannabis lounge like we're quiet people you know like there's no harm being done. Well, it seems so arbitrary to be going back and forth about so much stuff like this that you know what is going to be the outcome in the end. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Tell us a little bit about these uh, lounges. Can you buy cannabis there? Do you bring your own in? Do you pay a cover charge? How does it work? Yeah, so you do pay a cover charge. Technically, they say it's like a membership fee, so you can get a daily membership, monthly or yearly. And in that, it's like a private club. So police, technically, they say like, you know, you can only come in so far. This is a private club. We do what we want in here. Like there are cigar clubs, right? Because the main thing is like the law against smoking inside. In Ontario, there's a thing called Smoke Free Ontario, where it's like really strict about even smoking e-cigarettes inside. Mm -hmm. And like the tobacco laws are like very serious. So anyways, you pay $5 and you strictly have to bring your own. There have been lounges that have sold cannabis in the past and they all get shut down and some that operate just on the like your own bud basis they are fine i mean it's not worth it like the cops can go and raid a dispensary and get tens of thousands of dollars potentially and like so many pounds of weed but like you go into a vapor lounge and it's just like a bunch of people sitting around with like a couple grams that they brought that they're gonna smoke half of them are medical patients like it's a huge waste of time and resources for cops and then like nothing's gonna come of that like there's no point so toronto's been pretty cool about like allowing the lounges but i mean at this point with legalization it's still it's still kind of up in the air as to what's really gonna happen but so how do you feel about uh the government of ontario's proposal to open only 40 government-run dispensaries in 2018 being somebody in toronto Canada's largest city? Um, Well, there's a whole lot of problems really with how it's going to roll out, I think. Like supply is going to be an issue. So even if they had opened 200 stores or whatever, like they're all going to sell out pretty much immediately. I think we're going to see the black market or gray market sort of like flourish for a while until the government kind of gets it together and the producers have enough and it's good quality and it's a good price. Like I think the LCBO, like the Ontario model will be really great for access for people like like my aunt or my grandma or somebody that would want to just like go in and buy legal cannabis and they would have no interest and in like or they have had no interest in buying it previously because it's illegal right like mm-hmm. that's been a barrier for so many people so I think the people that are really going to go to the government stores are like people that don't have access and I think that's great but the people that like already know where to get the good stuff like Probably keep letting it there for a yeah. while. And we've we've touched on yeah. that topic in previous Canacasts, and I've mentioned we've all yeah, I was agreed just say that the same it's, thing. 
that it's it's yeah that's we've said that guys people that have never used it before that are afraid of it because of the legalities that do go and use it the first time or the second time we all know as cannabis users after that second time they're going to be looking for the better stuff anyways yeah. or they're gonna they're gonna be smoking it with somebody that knows where to get the better stuff for cheaper or and it's a community we all know that and, and until you're in it you don't know it they're gonna walk in and it's just gonna feel like just like a store just like they want it to and they're gonna mm -hmm. feel safe and happy and and, and, and that's all they need right? and, so and go back and do yeah. it but but the majority like i say the majority are going to realize it's a community and they're going to be want to be a part of it like totally. everybody else has wanted to for yeah ever you for probably sure. you probably heard about the uh, proposed alberta model which is up to 250 licenses and private how do you feel about that being in ontario i think that's pretty fucking cool <laughs> a lot of people out here are like like alberta's kind of like the golden regulations right like bc is pretty cool because they have the government and private but alberta i mean it's still like i mean it's not super accessible like everybody can just be like well i'm gonna open my own weed store it's still like super expensive and like so many hoops to jump through and there's like i didn't know that there was only 250 but that's like you know it's not gonna it doesn't open it up to everybody but i think it's exciting i think it's i mean it makes sense with alberta's alcohol model as well i'm from edmonton i know that there's a liquor store on every other corner that's open until 2 a.m we're a population of what in airdrie 67,000 something like and that? we've got 60 liquor stores easy. yeah there, there's lots there's 60 of them there has to be everywhere you look there's a liquor store in airdrie and it's the demographic though right like it's it's 25 you're, you're to 40 year olds yeah. 25 to 40 year old families yeah. young families and i got a two and a half year old yeah you need something how many people do you know here that have a drinking problem it's true. <laughs> Doesn't sound like a small town thing at all, guys. Yeah, no, not at all, yeah. So today, uh, when I was looking you up on Twitter, I looked at your profile, and I was like, oh, she, she was seems cool. Looked up, creep. I creeped her out. Well, I mean, we're interviewing her, spent, so I was like, too long on who Twitter? is this woman? And then I thought, I wonder if she has an Instagram page. And I was like, holy shit, whole new world. And like, I mean, Twitter was one thing. You obviously maintain a Twitter account, but Instagram, you're all over it. So what's the deal with Instagram and all those photographs? Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, you, <laughs> you seem like you you are but into photography. You know how old you sound, bro? Yeah, no like, kidding. Eh? Well, I am old. So what's with what's the what's with your Instagram? What's with your Instagram? I've heard of this little Instagram of yours. Tell us about your Instagram account. So I started it about three years ago, and. It took me kind of a year to really get into it. I was super paranoid about like posting anything about myself. And I was like sort of into photography, but like didn't know how to use my camera that well. But like kind of over the first two years of having that account, I like learned to use my camera manually and got way more into photography. And I started posting like I got actually, you know what, Sarah Hanlon, um, your brother, your brother, your sister. I'm high. Can you tell your sister <laughs> a huge impact on me and was like a big part of like why I started posting more about myself and like showing my face. Like I was so scared to like show my face on my Instagram and like I got sick of I'd meet people in the Toronto community, I'd be like, oh, I'm Tweedledoob. They'd be like, twice it happened. The people were like, you're Tweedledoob? Like, I thought Tweedledoob was a guy. 
And I was no like, way. what? Wow. Yeah. Uh-huh. And once it happened the second time, I was like, this is weird. Like, why? What am I so afraid of? Like, I'd already worked at the lounge for a couple of years and was like, walk around yeah, smoking all the time. I wasn't shy about it, but just like putting it on the internet just felt really weird. And like, I was not into it. But I, um, I did an interview with Sarah um, for High Canada Magazine. And um, she talked a lot about, she was about a year, it was about a year after um, she'd won Big Brother. And we were talking about how she was kind of nervous, like coming out as a pothead on like national TV and how it was like really liberating. And like, we have kind of a similar story, just like coming from Alberta, moving to Toronto, working in a vapor lounge. So like, I really related to her. And like that kind of changed the whole thing for me once my Instagram started to be more, I just started sharing more about myself. And that's when I found my account really started to grow. Um, I just like, I'm on it a lot. I'm like kind yeah. of Instagram, if you can't tell. Um, Doesn't sound like social media at all. No, but it's a good account. It's, like, it's it's a great account. And I and I started following you because of Sarah, I guess. It was one of those, you know, suggested. And yeah. I was like, okay, check it out. And like, were I follow you, you religiously. So were you waking up to like thousands of new ones a day? Or like you're, how many thousand are you? Um, I have a, it's like 42,000 yeah. right 42. now. 47.7. So you must have been waking up to wow. hundreds, new, at least hundreds a day new i've had like a few times where like a picture will go viral and the most i've ever got is like a thousand followers in like two days or something like that wow Uh, but otherwise it's like that's like kind of few and far between but yeah it's like more steady kind of growth i've got some really good reposts from like high times and raw and those Mm -hmm. are always like that's huge for gaining followers um what are your most popular pictures then which ones have been the most successful? Just like close-ups of quality bud or you know what I mean? I do know what you mean. And like, I wish I had a different answer for you. But when I look, cause I have like a business account. And so I can see like insights about my pictures and like what's popular and what has the most impressions and blah, blah, blah. And like the two categories of pictures in my like top 20, like anything that's gotten over like 2000 likes or something, it's like ridiculous weed pictures, like somebody with like pounds and pounds and pounds or like a pay. I posted a picture of like a deep fried weed leaf recently and it like crushed because everyone's like, what the fuck is that? But the rest of them are like, selfies like it's like my face just me smoking weed (laughs) and like I wish that wasn't the case or like it feels like at a certain point it feels just like self-indulgent to be like just like posting so many pictures of my own face but it works Um, it works and it's like people want to see it all these joints this is real i'm not these aren't just like for the gram (laughs) there were a lot of pictures of joint smoking for sure it was my first time shooting through them today i was it was impressive it was impressive it helps to remind me to smoke it's, so uh, it's funny that you mentioned the uh, the deep fried weed leaf. I just uh, saw the restaurant. I think in Eastern U.S. is serving them in a restaurant. Uh, maybe that's where you, it came from. I'm not sure, but I just recently saw a post about that. So did you eat that? Is that what know. it was? Yeah, you, they're edible. I think. Edible. Yeah, yeah. I'd eat it. 
I did not eat it. What I found it from was like on 420, there was a restaurant in LA, like a Japanese restaurant. Okay. And I guess it's like a Japanese tradition to like deep fry some kind of leaf. Ah. And so they were having like a dinner party or whatever, and they like deep fried weed leaves. And there was like some little like viral video about it. And then I saw a few people posting pictures, and I was like, okay, oh. that's actually pretty cool. Pretty <laughs> cool, definitely. Tell us about the picture you have of an evil looking clown smoking a joint. That's the one that caught my eye because I have this fear of clowns. Is it a picture of a girl called I Smoke Seaweed? Oh, I don't Pick remember. Pick it, it up, Mike. How, how far back was it? See, I told you it was creeping. How far back is that fucking picture? It's called research, Jason. <laughs> it's called, called creeping, research. Bro. I wanted to know who we're talking to. But today. if you've made, uh, I'm joking. It's whatever. <laughs> if you if you've made you know, not, thousands maybe. of posts, you may not remember all of them. Yeah, well, that's true. But this was a crazy clown with a big joint. So I can't imagine if lots of clown pictures. No, I'm pretty sure that's the only one. I'm thinking. So there's this girl called I Smoke Seaweed. She actually owns two head shops in Rhode Island and she sells some of my merch, which is cool. My first store in the US that sells my stuff. Um, but around Halloween, she really likes Halloween. And so in October, she posted like a whole bunch of different costumes and like cool makeup that she did. Okay, tell us about your merch. What do you have? Well, I have, um, I don't know if you, you you must have seen a few pictures of like a happy looking joint. I on love my those page. little guys. I just showed it to you on my on my uh, Pelly here. Uh, okay, okay. Sweet, the Pelly. Um, yeah, so I have those stickers and pins, and I have pokey jabbies. Pokey jabbies. Is that what you call them? And I have this. I got an. I have a new pin. It's like my Alice in Stonerland pin. That's very cool. Nice. I like that one. Thank you. Do you have one like of those yet? No, I don't. I have I have everything else you mentioned. And th th that is actually part of a whole set of five stickers that Roger did for me. Roger brought me some new stuff that I've yet to photograph and put on my site. But check out this shirt. Okay, hang on. It says, smoke weed at my funeral. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> and men's and women's sizes so i'm gonna put those on my site tomorrow next men's medium please so all right those are awesome. is this what you're doing like full time is this your gig you do cannabis photography you have swag is this kind of your world this is kind of my world yeah so i do product photography and event photography and then I have my shop and then I um, do like paid promotion kind of stuff on my page. I'm like, don't, haven't done that much of it because it's like, I'm just pretty selective about like what I promote and how I do it. Like for example, people want me to like take pictures of like China glass and like, like shout out their store or whatever. And I'm just like, nah, like you do that once and people are just like lose faith. You well, know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, you, you can't sell out. And like, I don't think people have a problem with me like monetizing things in like a respectable way or in a way that's like beneficial to people. Or like if I recommend brands, it's because I like use it and like it and like believe in the people. You well, know what I mean? Like, that, and that's what people want, right? They want that honesty. And that's what, yeah, I mean, I try something that you say try because I know that you wouldn't tell me to try shit, right? 
Um, so yeah, it was incidentally. I looked it up. Finally, I smoke weed. Cool pick, by the way. Sweet. Smoke weed yeah, at my funeral. Awesome. I love that. Yeah, I love that. I so can you, uh, do you, I guess you probably don't have a typical day that you, you wake up and your day is probably different every day, I imagine. Kind of, yeah. It keeps it interesting, definitely. It has, it's been almost a year that I've been doing like the full-time freelance thing and I'm sort of like getting more comfortable with it. At first, like it's fun and awesome, but it's also kind of stressful. Like I've always worked for somebody else and like gone to school and been like, these are the things I have to do by this time. Like when it's set out for you, it's so much easier just to kind of like get your shit done you know what you have to do when you just fucking do it right yeah, but yeah. like in doing my own thing i've really had to figure out like i do need a routine but when i can make it like all of that freedom like comes responsibility i'm kind of in the same boat with the whole i quit my career february 28th to do the whole glass thing and just kind of be in front of the wave the cannabis wave and concentrate on the, the can of cast and weed designs and blah 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 function supply co and so on and so forth but it, i honestly think that you have your good days or weeks where it's like everything's rolling and you're busy and you're slammed then you have other days where it's like holy fuck but i also think now that legalization's finalized that things are gonna go forward i think in the next few months you're gonna see that wave get a lot bigger and start hitting shore so to speak right? well speaking of that i'm awesome at fucking you, since you've been a, say, did you hear that that was that was awesome jason that was awesome um (laughs) since you've been in the game now for a few years and uh legalization is around the corner are you finding now that more people are coming out of the woodwork you're starting to meet more people who are interested in what you do how has it grown in the last year or two yeah it's awesome i love it i think cannabis is so amazing in that it's like it can benefit so many different people in so many different ways whether it's a safer recreational option than alcohol or other drugs or like for a physical ailment or something just like to relax like there's so many different positive uses so there's so many people that now that it's kind of like getting destigmatized, it's like in the mainstream media every day. There's so many people that are like hearing about it more and just thinking like, oh, like getting curious. And like, I love that. It's not for everybody. And some of those people won't like it or it won't help them or whatever. But like just the fact that so many people are opening up to it, I think it's amazing and so exciting. I love that. I love that. What did you say? Um, a better option for a safer alternative or a safer option than like alcohol or other drugs. I love that. A safer, safer alternative. To- well, it is. It is. I, one, I, I was an alcoholic. We, I, I go back to this all the time. Weed took me away from all that, and it gave me a safer alternative. I never thought of that. It's exactly what it is. Are you a bit of a resource then for people who are newbies? Yeah, I love it. It's cool. And like, people ask me all kinds of questions, and sometimes I don't have the answer, but like, I know where to direct them at least. So I love getting questions. And like, about half of my audience is actually actually not in North America. So I get questions in like every language that I Google translate and like, I don't know if Jason maybe saw this the other day on my stories. I like posted a conversation from this like guy in Turkey that was like 
asking me about like how to cure weed. Like he's like, I put it in the jar, but then like, what do I do? Like how long do I wait? And like, how often do I open it? And I was like, bro, I have no idea. So I put it in my story. So many people DM me within like half an hour that I had to like take it down. Cause I was like, okay, we solved the problem. What about like uh, people like, you know, so Captain Conservative that, you know, is anti-weed hates it all you know has no education on it but any anybody from anything any negative comments any negative or or just even any curious curious comments or questions from people like that so rarely so so rarely like i can honestly think of like one time where somebody was like weed's bad it's gonna ruin your life or something and i was like oh who is this person and it was like a 13 year old kid from like england or something. just be a troll like, like, just i'm be not a troll. gonna comment on you like <laughs> instagram's amazing because there's like every kind of group of people or like subculture or whatever but like everybody kind of like stays to their own like Mm -hmm. realm their own hashtag yeah right i feel like i'm kind of like i just stick to my little like weed zone and everything's fine (laughs) so let me be the old man here again what do your parents think about your instagram account um So my mom, I mean, the first time my mom found out that I smoked weed, she was like not impressed at all. Um, And then over the years, I like got more into it. I stopped drinking. I wouldn't say I was an alcoholic, but like I used to drink like a good couple times a week, like to excess and just like party a lot and was not good. And eventually, like, I kind of just, like, gradually started using weed more and got to a point where I just stopped drinking altogether, like, six years ago almost. Wow. Cannabis makes it so much easier, like, I don't know. And so, anyways, my mom kind of saw that it, like, helped me and that I was, like, still functional. Like, I completed, like, a double major at the U of T, like, smoking weed every day. Like, I'm okay. Like, you know, it it helps Mm -hmm. me. It's, like maybe I don't know it's not a hindrance or it's not like a problem in my life I think if it was then my mom would like look at it a little bit differently but I think she sees that I've kind of like found my path I've I've never really known what I wanted to do like I have a philosophy degree for God's mm-hmm. sakes like that's like nothing go- like I've nev- never really had a, a direct path towards like something I want to do for a career and so like getting into the cannabis industry yeah it's kind of given me a bit more direction and I think my mom sees that I mean like I said before it's in the mainstream media like every day so even people like my mom that have like never tried it never really knew anything about it before it's like it's becoming just a a normal part of life i feel so she's like and with all the new industry there's so much opportunity like it's exciting i think yeah she's very she's happy. Yeah. She's, it's cool what's your uh, predictions for the next calendar year upon legalization with the whole entire scene across canada what do you think's going to happen i mean in what regard i don't know i'm super excited i think of like any a lot of people that are like naysayers now or like that think it's a bad idea are gonna like change their tune after like they see all the money that starts rolling in from it like i think it's gonna be bigger than anybody is really like imagining or talking Mm -hmm. about like um so i don't really know what it's gonna look like but like even in the last like six months i know four people like over the age of 50 
that have tried like mild, really mild edibles and topicals and found like great pain relief from them. Nice. I'm excited <laughs> for all the people that are going to try it for the first time and absolutely fucking love it. Like find that relief like that. Where have you been? My, like for me, when I was that age and, and that first time I smoked it, like I'm a hyperactive guy, like high energy yeah. and... And when I first smoked the, for the first time, it was just first couple times I didn't even get high to be honest. But that one time it hit me. Neither. It was it was it was like first amazing. Few, first man. few times like, I didn't either actually. I haven't stopped since. As right. much I as it, as since. much as you say you're not gonna uh, shop at dispensaries yourself, it's the dispensaries I'll though. Kick tires, bro. It's the dispensaries though that are going to be more inviting to these newbies, right? Yep. They're the ones that are gonna be like, okay, finally I can buy it from a place and feel safe about buying it. That's good. <laughs> I, I, and again, like we said, go in the first couple times, get you know, make, get that confidence. And that's where the government's Once you gonna smoke get their weed, money. We know what weed does to you. It opens your mind up a little bit. It'll fucking relax you. And these all these squares, for lack of a better word, will chill out, right? Like, fuck, you know, like we know what it'll do to these people, right? Like, so I'm just, I'm excited for them to just, for marijuana to do its thing. That's all it's gonna do. Like, it's done it for years. We could sit here and try to force them and write articles and fucking say this and say that. Weed will do its thing. It's so true. Well, That's they say, I, you know, man. 10 years from now, it shouldn't be any more complicated or, or thought of as being weird than coffee. Right, I heard that the other day. I thought, yeah, you know what? That's that's a fair assessment, mm -hmm. and hopefully in ten years, I it's just like so. that. I hope so. So not that it'll change your life, but on October seventeenth, do you have plans yet? Um, no, I'm not that thought that far ahead, but it is going to be an epic day. I'm pretty excited. We should book you. <laughs> no, I think she's gonna be, be a little busy, busy for busy. podcast. Yeah, um, what's your game plan <laughs> now that it's going to be legal? How will it change your business? Um, well, I have started doing some consulting for a licensed producer or for like a company that owns a licensed producer. Um, I think there's going to be like more and more opportunity to do like bigger kinds of jobs. Like, I mean, as much as people complain about kind of like the corporatization of the whole industry, I mean, it's one necessary to like fill the demand, but two is like, it's coming whether we like it or not, right? So you can kind of like take part in it in whatever way you can, or like just kind of complain about it and get left in the dust. Yeah. Yep. So like, I'm trying to like adapt. I'm not like, um, there's a, I don't know how you guys feel or your peers or whatever, but there's a lot of talk out here, like within the community of people are kind of like resentful of the LPs and resentful of like the whole system and legalization. And like, you know, I totally agree that like all the regulations aren't perfect. And there's a lot of things that are still like ridiculous and don't make sense. And like the whole driving thing and like, it's not perfect right off the bat, but there's no point really in complaining too much about it. It's like, mm -hmm. we've kind of fought for this for this long. So we're just gonna have to like keep fighting until it makes more sense and is actually fair. And like everybody has access and it's like quality and all of that. It's gonna take a while for it to kind of figure itself out. 100%, we, we talked about that too. Like uh, my thoughts on that is that for the government to legalize, they can't start small and add layers. They have to start big and peel the layers back right so that's why it seems so ridiculous that they're start like it seems like why the fuck is it well because it has to be right and then once it's legalized then they can amend the laws mm. but they can't you know how hard it is to 
add something, guys will lose their, there'll be rebellion in the streets. But if you can take shit away, people are like, yeah, we won one. That's what I believe. I might be wrong. Shoot me if I'm wrong. But I think that's what it is, right? You have to start somewhere and it has to be all encompassing first. And then you take away from that. We'll see. No, we'll see. What are you guys excited about for legalization? Like, what what aspects are you guys looking forward to most? Uh, honestly, I feel like people are going to bitch a lot. You know, like uh, there's going to be a lot of complaining from people that are not ready for it, uh, and I'm not ready for that at all. I'm, I I don't take well to people that complain about it when it doesn't harm them at all, other than the smell. Like get get the hell out of here. I mean, you know, you though, know, as I'm a medical medic, patient, yeah. I, I I rely on it all day every day from the moment i wake up and uh if i'm hurting your your nasal passages i'm sorry and then people compare it to alcohol and cigarettes and like okay well cigarettes give you cancer and they have all this carcinogenic shit in it it's horrible and alcohol makes you beat your kids you're, and you're, hate your wife and all this other with stuff with that said though you are uh, a, a very much like so myself i people look at me and say you know this guy's i've been medical for years too right and the, people look at me and say this guy's you know why is he smoking what the fuck you know what's he medical for yeah his back glycoma blah 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 they don't know that i have nerve damage to my wrist blah, blah. Right. but yourself you know you're an exception to the rule that it's a necessity for you every day right to take and you take nothing else right right but maybe that's why i get a chip on my shoulder right away because that's so it, it, i require it so much and I yeah. lean on it so heavily so i don't know but i feel like i mean it'll only be a few years maybe until we start to see like all the statistics about i I think in Colorado, within a year of legalization, there was 12% less theft. There's like all these social issues and social things that can't like, like widespread cannabis legalization is going to help all those naysayers. If you like don't believe in it and you think it's wrong and it's a drug and it's illegal and therefore it's bad, like it's going to people can present you with evidence over and over and you're just not going to fucking listen because you don't want to. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But it's like once it's legal and there's all this money's coming in that's like going to like good use within the government, hopefully, or like infrastructure, education, healthcare, whatever. And then other social issues are improved. Alcohol use is down. Opioid use is down. All of these things that we've seen happen in the States, they kind of speak for themselves. And like, then therefore the people that are just like complaining about the smells, give us vapor lounges and we'll just like go hang out somewhere and just also get used to the smell. Cause yep. like there's a lot of bad smells in this world. If that's all you have to complain about, you're okay. We you're live fine. in Alberta. The diesel fucking fumes alone in this province yeah. is enough to kill somebody. There's already guys I've seen on social media bitching about the whole legalization. Where are these long-haired hippies gonna do this shit and blah, 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 blah. And you're gonna have these people, but too bad. It's fucking, yeah. you know what? Too bad, man. Like it is what it is. Those people for sure know somebody that like that benefits from it or that will like have a medical benefit from cannabis. And like once like, you know, if people still think that all cannabis users are like long haired hippies, like they're very, very, very sorely mistaken. Like, yeah. you know, there's so many people of all ages and occupations, people of all demographics, like there's um one of the most OG members of the Toronto cannabis community is named Naomi. She is 70 years old and she can dab me under the table like hands down. 
Like she's badass and she's a registered nurse and like, yeah. Oh, I saw her on your, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw her on on one of your feeds. Yeah, taking massive dabs. Yeah. (laughs) Once more of those people start kind of like coming out of the woodwork and like admitting that they use cannabis and talking about how it benefits their lives, like it's only going to build and build with all of the mainstream coverage and people are going to get more comfortable sharing about it. And I mean, those naysayers can only complain for so long until it touches them in a certain way. Overshadows it. Yeah, for sure. Um, in our last podcast, we had a bit of a debate between the three of us. I brought up the point that every time there's an article, even if it's a positive article on cannabis and legalization, they seem to always show a stereotypical cannabis smoker. And I said, you know, there are lots of professionals and enjoy cannabis. How come they never show me or one of these guys or something? It's always somebody with a huge cannabis hat on and cannabis flag and big bongs. But, and I thought I was making a point. Which isn't wrong. But these guys it, it, are like, a bad look, but that's but a community Why is it too, always that one though. look? So we were like, there just needs to be a bit more of a balance, I think. Well, yeah. yeah. It, it has to change the stigma. It has to change the look of it so that other people can, can relate to it other than, and look at it and be, well, that's what Cheech and Chong look like or whatever. And But here's spots, the thing though, too. Right? You take someone like me, and admittedly, I've always been a closet smoker. Like, I don't walk down the street smoking a bong or anything. Um, But now that legalization is around the corner, a lot of people like me are kind of like, okay, well, I'm kind of tired of hiding it. I'm just going to talk about it. And and I think that the 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 traditional... They're going to ruin it for everybody. No, but the traditional long-term sort of uh, proponents and supporters of the cannabis movement are a little bit annoyed by that, too. Right? Nah. I think so. I think you got a lot of people who've been like, hey, man, we've been in the scene for a long time. And now all the yuppies are stepping up and saying, hey, we want to get into the scene. You know? Oh, you mean, you mean as far as like getting into the. Yeah, but even guys, listen, man, you know what? Even, Even people that have been in the scene for years. Everybody's like, I've said this before. Everybody's trying to like jockey into a space like this fucking big. And it's like massive. They don't realize how big that space is, but everybody's trying to fucking cut. It's so cutthroat right now because people don't realize how big this space, like how big a billion dollar industry truly is. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Everybody, there's like a group of 20 people that really are in the industry that like, I mean, like we're talking, let's just say like extract companies, for instance, that are all bashing each other's products and fucking this and that about everybody all to try to squeeze in this one little space that once it's legal like it's it's massive the space is huge there's not even enough of them for the size of the space type deal right like it's crazy well i think my point was um there was a seminar in vancouver about a month ago and it was like the women of cannabis right and if you looked at the promotional flyer for it it had all these professional looking women um probably academics uh, now in the scene probably making money monetizing on the new industry and of all people mark emery made a comment about why don't you have any women on there who have actually been in the scene for more than a year and i thought hmm there's resentment there in that like, comment. like jody well wow. you know what i mean though there's resentment in that comment so obviously these long time supporters of the cannabis scene are like wait a minute all these people are showing up now well they have to be the right ones cops cops and da's that put people away for years shouldn't be fucking pillars of the cannabis community sorry but 
people that are have had that didn't like like Marley that didn't want to show her face because she had a fucking mother and family that might not approve because it was illegal that now are stepping up because they're fucking smart and want to get in the industry yeah. too fucking bad make space I or, agree with or you. move the fuck out the way because it's happening right sorry to say it but it's the truth well, what do you think have you found any resentment in the scene or anything like that with the yeah. people that you know so yeah for sure some people are resentful um but i i think there's a certain level of like entitlement that people have where they're like We've been doing this this long. It's only legal because of like all this work that all these people have put in. So like I kind of get the attitude in a way, but I also think it's like not very useful. Like there's no way that the government was ever just going to come in and be like, okay, weed's legal now. Anyone can grow it. Anyone can sell it. Like it's a free for all. Like that's just not realistic. So people that are like resentful of the fact that it like is such a big industry, it's like, I think that's kind of silly in a way. Like it costs a lot of money to like set up all these grows and to like really do this properly. Like so many millions of dollars, mm -hmm. like, you know, the average person that's had a small growth is it's just not accessible. And that's like unfortunate, but I think there's other ways for those people to participate. And there's like, now there's like the micro grows or like the, the smaller cultivation licenses that you can get, research and development. Like there's, there's other avenues, but like, I do also agree with Mark Emery. I do see his point in that situation because it's like the corporate people are all trying to like, kind of buy weed knowledge or buy this like expertise and like, the weed people are trying to like get onto the business side and like figure that whole thing out. So like in this one perfect world, those two sides can actually like Merge. communicate and collaborate and figure their shit out. But it seems like they're very separate and like this attitude of resentment doesn't help the community to actually participate. And then the industry doesn't really like I mean, they have gotten experts, cannabis experts and whatever, but a lot of people still that have the money and that are doing this whole thing, a lot of them don't know fuck all about cannabis, right? <laughs> they have the money and the resources to set this thing up, but they're not really into the community or into the scene or into the plant, really. So it's really an interesting and kind of crazy time. Yeah, no shit. And I guess it's kind of like you said, people who have been in cannabis for a long time have the option of learning the business side as quickly as possible. On the other hand, these business people who are trying to learn cannabis quickly. And I think that maybe the long-term cannabis people are at a bit of a disadvantage. I think there's a steeper learning curve how to run a large corporation than there is to hire a bunch of people who are knowledgeable and have them uh, enter the cannabis space for you, right? Absolutely. I mean, running a large licensed producer is no small task. You know, that's sure. why you got people like Vic Newfield. But incidentally with him and Afria, uh, there was something in the paper today that said that he has no issues with the fact that he is hiring people who have previous criminal records due to cannabis. And he's like, yeah, doesn't matter because some of the licensed producers are not doing that or, or, or provincial governments. So like we're not giving a dispensary license to somebody who's been arrested for possession or different things. Of, of marijuana? Yeah. 
That's mm-hmm. ridiculous. That's fucking ridiculous. I think ridiculous. that was actually um, in the new regulations today. It, that is one thing that I did hear that they were saying that there's no restriction on like if you had a prior conviction with cannabis, that it does not restrict you from participating in the legal space. You can like work with it. You can be an LP or you can like work with an LP or yeah. whatever. You should have full amnesty, right? If it's fucking legal now, unless you were trafficking it, if you yeah. have a possession charge, yeah. you should have full amnesty right now. You know what, man? Um, um, I was listening to Bill Blair the other day, love him or hate him. He's kind of the pot czar in Canada. And speaking of amnesty, I don't think that they can actually offer it until it's legal, right? You can't, you kind of got to go in a it's sequential order. Um, but he's kind of alluding to the fact that they're no longer going to give kids uh, minors criminal records for possession. And it just sounded to me like if you read between the lines, it's going to happen to a certain degree. Yeah. You know what I mean? I know that there are naysayers out there that are like, it needs to happen now. But I think you also have to look at this pragmatically and chronologically and say, okay, there's a certain way this has to roll out. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm not, yeah, yeah, I'm not saying right now, right? Like get in there and wipe everything out. You have no. to, there's going to be, I guess there, you'll have to apply and there'll be, you know, I guess pardons. Is that how it works? I'm a believer. Yeah, how, how the fuck does that work? Like, you, I'm sure there'll be paperwork involved, and you'll you'll have to, as a citizen, somehow apply and go yeah. through hoops. And yeah, I, I don't know. I'm whatever. sure the system will have filters or people that look at application for amnesty or whatever they yeah. decide to call it. But you know, there's going to be a process. Like, is that the else. right word? Amnesty. Yep. <laughs> if somebody wants to find you or reach out to you online, how do they do it? Um, at Tweedledoom on Instagram. I also have uh, my website, tweedledoob.com. So there's a contact page on there. I also have albums of photos and a blog and my shop. And yeah, I have Twitter and Facebook all at Tweedledoob. You can find me if you just Google Tweedledoob. That's pretty much all you got to know. Cool. Tweedledoob. <laughs> so we good, guys? I got to get one of those uh, cartoon twiddle tweedle doobies. Can we seal your artwork on your website and order from there as well? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I see these guys it, answered. Yes. You they should get come in <laughs> Get the stickers. Right? There's a pendant. You're wearing a pendant. It's a pokey job. Yeah. pendant. All right. So that, I guess, wraps it up then, guys. Am yeah. I right? Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. This was a lot of fun. That You've was fun. Thanks for being cool. on. cool. And uh, I guess we'll... Uh, you're booked for October 17th. Yeah, that's right. Don't make any plans. You're ours. Thanks, Cheers. Guys. Have a good night. Good See ya. You too. Ciao. Bye. Bye. Well, that wraps up Canacast Canada. As always, this podcast was proudly produced by My Podcast Pal. For help with your podcast, check out mypodcastpal.com. If you want to reach out to the boys, hit us up on Facebook, Canacast Canada. And hang tight because the next podcast is just around the corner. See ya.